Welcome back to Mastering Janitorial, your go-to source for everything janitorial business growth related. So my name is Peter Bolin, and today we're going to be talking about mistakes cleaning companies make when hiring employees. Now, I have about seven tips written down here. I'm going to rattle through them pretty quick and not go into a lot of detail on them. So Later on in shows, we're going to actually bust down all seven of these and go into really, really deep detail of them to sit back and help you out. But I'll just let you know that hiring employees is where I find most janitorial companies once they start turncoat from. Okay, that means they turn around, they run the other way. They, they don't want anything to do with it. They, they change their mind. They like cave in on themselves. Um, it's because they don't know how to hire people and they think that every single person that they bring on is going to be as hard of a worker as them. And they don't know how to look for red flags and employees. So, um, plus they don't have a, a systematizable process. So I'm only telling you guys this because we have hundreds of subcontractors. Um, before we had subcontractors, we had a hundred plus employees that were cleaners in offices. So I've done it both ways. So I know the pros and cons of each. Um, and we have about a 98% retention rate right now when we bring on a new partner. So that means 98% of them stay for about a year longer, which is unheard of in our industry. Usually there is tons of changeovers that end up happening. Um, and there are tons of people that quit. Another video will go over why your employees end up quitting on you, but right now we're just going to be talking about the mistakes cleaning companies make when hiring employees. Okay, so uh, number one is, and again, these are in no order. I'm just going to rattle them off here. Number one is not understanding what employees want. You think that every single employee is like you, that they're going to show up, they're going to work their hardest, and uh, they're going to do it for $12 to $18 an hour, and you're going to be able to show them something one time and then they're going to be able to do it because you're hiring to solve a problem for yourself. And that's really what ends up happening. And the truth is you have a problem. You need somebody to clean a building, right? And they are hired to clean it, but that doesn't mean they are the right person that are hired to clean it and you train them correctly. What you need to understand is any single time something goes wrong when hiring a new employee, it is a hundred percent your fault. Not 10% your fault, not 15% your fault. It's 100% your fault. You either chose wrong by not vetting correctly up front, you didn't train them correctly, or you didn't manage them correctly, set expectations, and give them a future with your company. Somewhere you lost it, and you need to take the accountability, go back and find it. Uh, our biggest issue was bringing on the right people at the beginning. We just didn't bring on the right people. We hired because of, oh, this person's got a great, great skill set, but they really had a lot of problems in their personal life that they kept bringing into work. And uh, now we care more about having their ethics in line and being um, in line with our values within the company. And then we train them up on the rest. Okay. So you need to understand what your employees want. How many hours a week do they want? What type of um, subcontractor or an employee you're going for? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're hiring full-time, 
unless you're paying people a really, really good wage, 20, 25 bucks an hour. And again, this depends on where you live. It's going to be very hard to keep people, right? If you're uh, hiring people for part-time and they could go clean with their spouse and themselves and they're a subcontractor and they could show up anytime they want on a Wednesday after six in between 11, hiring for 15 or $12 an hour, depending on where you are, is no problem at all because they care more about the money that comes in at the end of the month. Oh, I get 600 bucks for this contract. Great. And they're going to take their wife and their teenage kids and be in and out in 30 minutes and do a great job. So for them, it's worth it because they get an extra $600. They maybe get to send it back home, put in their uh, kids' uh, college tuition. They get to do something with it. And they have a full-time wage so they know exactly what they want. They don't want to show up at a Tim Hortons or a coffee shop and then work six to eight hours, have to wear a hat, told when to do it. They miss kids' recitals and soccer games. They don't want that. So it's like a different lifestyle you're hiring for. So you need to understand what your employees want, depending on if you're hiring full-time or part-time. Okay. Uh, Not interviewing enough. Okay. So most people start off, they're the cleaner. Then they have their wife in, maybe their brother, their kids, a few other family members. And once their family members get maxed out, is when they have to start hiring other people. Now, if you're in a community where you know a lot of other people that are cleaners, great. But most people cap out after their family and then they have to start hiring outside of that. And what they end up doing is they know somebody in their community. They're like, hey, they talk to them, they put them in a building, but they do no vetting, no checking whatsoever. And then all of a sudden that person no shows one day and you end up losing a contract that you worked a year to make happy. Okay, so you need to, no matter what, interview 10 people for the one you hire. Okay, the interviewing of the 10 people is a frequency skill. Obviously, you need to go in with the process, but you need to ask the right questions. And you're going to get these answers that are going to tell you what's going on. Somebody might sound great in interview one, and by interview three, boom. They just drop the ball. So we have a three-step interview, a quick five-minute one, screen share, and then we have one of our operations managers do the final before we send them up uh, and into a building. And if they fail any one of them, we don't bring them on. Okay, so you need to hire one, but you need to look at 10 people. And this is going to help you learn and educate. So obviously, you need a process for this, but 10 to 1 is kind of the magic number. Uh, not hiring people with similar values and or a proven track record. Okay. So similar values. So if you look at our company, we have specific values, responsibility, they need to be ethical. Um, they need to be disciplined. Uh, we have these specific things that we look for, uh, in our company and that's how we operate. So people that are in line with this tend to do the best with us. People that don't take any responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. Don't even usually make it past the first or second interview. Okay. So I would recommend developing three to six values for your company. Uh, these could be one worded things. They could be a few word things like over promise, over deliver. Um, and then hiring people within those value sets. Okay. There's tons of books out there where you could go and you could find, um, 
information about values and go deeper into it. And if you want to contact us about it, you can always email support at onejan.com and ask about values. And uh, somebody will send it to one of our, our reps and they'll sit back and help you out with it. Okay. But having similar values makes everything easier. It means that you're aligned with each other. Okay. And the other one is a proven track record. So a proven track record comes in specific ways. We only hire people that have a full-time job. We do not hire full-time cleaners. Okay. Period. Because what we want to do is we want to call their full-time job and ask, Hey, are you showing up to work every single day? Does the guy have a great attitude? If he took on 20 hours more of work every single week, would it be good? Or would he start having issues at his current job? Okay. Because if he's going to start having issues at his current job, because the second job, I know I'm going to lose him within a month or so because that's his bread money. That's what he feeds his family with. This is just for extra. So we ask these specific questions. Obviously we let him know that we're not trying to take away with, from his current job. He's just looking to supplement his income. And if we get a glowing response from his current daytime job, perfect. Unbelievable. We'll, uh, we'll look at bringing them up because we know that's a proven track record. Now to look for a proven track record during, if you, if you don't want to call their previous stuff, you could look for like, did they show up to the interview on time? Our first, uh, one is a phone call. We call them. Okay. Second one is we do a screen share meeting. We let them know early is the new on time. We have specific things we say to them, email to them links. We are always five minutes early to it. If they are a second late, there is no reason why we will bring them on period. Because that means they're, they, they don't take any responsibility because majority of the time they hop on and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I couldn't figure out my camera and blah, 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 blah. Now the real issue was, is you waited to two minutes before the interview started to make sure everything worked. And that's why we are where we are right now. Okay. So you need to make sure that they have a proven track record. If you ask them to email you something, are they emailing it to you in a time? We're just looking at working with this company right now to bring in, um, uh, some help for potentially a president and some things. And, uh, we have a meeting eight days ago. Guys like, yeah, I'm going to send you the contract, uh, tomorrow. And then we'll start, uh, looking for this employee for you. Eight days later, he sends me an email. He's like, yeah, sorry, we've been super swamped. We're going to get it to you tomorrow. Well, we're not going to use that company to help find a, uh, an employee for us, right? We're not going to use that firm because I know if he takes eight, nine days to get me a contract, he's going to be looking for people that don't really care about being on time or anything. So he just immediately iced himself out. We want people who are results oriented, doing things right now, responsible, ethical, all these things. Okay. So it's even how we hire our vendors within our value set. Okay. Um, so proven track records, very, very important. If you're looking to do business with somebody, you need to understand that anytime along that hiring process, you are going to get the best person they are. Okay. They will ever be after that. It will always go downhill. It might be similar for the first day or two because they're excited, but if they're not perfect while hiring them, then they're not your right person. Okay. Uh, the next one is really payment and not knowing how to pay people. When you're hiring your brothers, when you're hiring your, your family members, you know, pay as you please. Majority of the time, they're not going to go sue you. They, they don't care. 
But the second you have somebody that's outside of your family network, you need to set up exactly how to pay them, when to pay them, what their structure looks like. Is it going to be deposited? What's going on with everything? You need to make sure a thousand percent that it is done and done accurately. Okay. There is no goofing around at all about it. Anytime that you pay people late, you pay people incorrectly, it always will end terribly for you and you will lose employees over it. So you need to understand how to pay people. So if they're a subcontractor, how are you paying them? If they are a employee, the government's going to tell you how you have to do that. And if you don't, they're going to slap you. Okay. So paying people super duper important. Do not screw around with it whatsoever. It needs to be in writing and their employment agreement signed and you're good. Okay. Next one is not having a training process. So most of the time people are like, okay, I need to build an interview process. They build an interview process and their training process is like, yeah, yeah, go just clean with Brenda for a day or two. And then they put them in a building. You need to have like a, a step-by-step process that gives you the perfect employee every time. Our process is day one, they watch videos and do tests. They watch videos about our company, our values, what we look for, how to get more buildings, when they get paid, everything. And they have to do a tests and steps all along the way. Okay. So we know that they're paying attention. Okay. The next day we have them with somebody, one of our ambassadors. So they're learning to clean with them. They're bringing their own supplies because we hire subcontractors now. So we've already vetted their supplies and make sure that they are commercial grade and everything's good. And we've taken them through a checklist. So they're bringing their own supplies to the place. The ambassador is, is cleaning with them, showing them the building. Um, the day after that, they're just cleaning and the ambassador is there. The day after that, the ambassador shows up with them, goes over the alarm, leaves, comes back at the end of it, watches them do the alarms. And the next time the ambassador just shows up and watches them, sorry, shows up at the end of the day, make sure everything's perfect with the checklist. Cause the first day they always go over the checklist with them. And then we get monthly inspections and we do false with our clients every two weeks when we switch someone over. We will know day one in the videos if these people are good or not, because they're going to take too long to get the videos done or um, they're going to answer the questions wrong in the test and have to do it three, four times. And I know that this person's just not going to be a right fit if we brought them on. We don't even take them to the next step. And then let's say they did the videos right. We take them to training and they show up and they don't have their equipment and they're the, the ambassador is sitting back and they're like, man, this guy has no clue how to clean. He did this, this, this wrong. Uh, and if he's not a certain grade, we just cut it off right there. So by the time they get done the training, we know that they're going to stay with us long-term. They know that we know that they're great cleaners and anytime in those four days, we'll just let it go. We do not mess around with it because it is hard work to get a contract and it is hard work to keep a contract and any of these little screw ups will put that in jeopardy. Okay. Not, uh, so we went over not having a training process and not understanding advancement and managing. Um, so after you've taken them through the training, they need to know what advancement looks like. And a lot of the time for, for cleaners, advancement looks like, like, how do you get another building? Cause majority of the time when they start, like we give them a small building at the beginning, 250, 500, let's see how they do 99.99% of the time they smash it out of the park. Um, 
And then we let them know when they can take on more buildings, how many they can get to, uh, all of it. We, we show them the whole process that they can get to. Okay. So if you're not showing them this advancement, how to get more with you and you're just putting them in one building, that's where they're like, oh, I'm only making 500 bucks. I don't really care. And you start to have all these problems with them or they go to another company with us. We have partners that have $9,000 a month worth of contract of ours. You know, we pay out two or 300 or closer to $300,000 a month now and just, uh, payments to our partners. So we have the system down pat. And the next one is like managing them. You're going to understand that a lot of these people are not used to even constructive criticism. So you try to criticize them on their cleaning. And what ends up happening is they get really upset because they're like, I did it, blah, 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 blah. And you need to understand that like the line I always use to communicate with them is, hey, this is not me versus you. This is me and you versus a problem over here that a client has. So I'm just bringing the problem to you. Let's sit back and figure out how to work it. I'm not even saying it's your fault. I'm saying there's a problem. We need to fix it no matter what. And just communicating that with them usually helps them lower it down. I might even have to say it two or three times in order for them to be like, oh, okay. Because a lot of the time there's so much pride in their cleaning that whenever something happens, they feel ashamed and hurt about it. And most of the time when people are ashamed and hurt, they like lash out towards it. So you need to understand how to deescalate that and focus back on fixing the problem. And you need to understand that when there is a problem, you have to say something every time, even if it's a small one. Like I walk into a janitorial closet and the mop is upside down in the bucket and there's no water in the bucket, but it's hung upside down. I will say something to somebody immediately about it. it needs to be flipped the other way, ringed out correctly. Cause what's going to happen is we have winter here where I am. And like, if you're using that with a lot of rock salt and not ringing it out correctly and just leaving it in a bucket terribly, it is going to, you're going to burn that mop twice as fast and you're going to leave streak marks all over a floor. So we immediately say something or if the janitorial closet's not clean enough, or if, you know what I mean? There's rocks on a mat still that didn't get picked up perfectly. We don't just go, ah, eh, they'll probably get that next time. So if you see something, you have to say something and they'll know that you're watching and they'll get better every time. But you need to understand too, when's the cutoff time? This is the managing aspect of it. Okay. I've let this guy know once I've showed him, he showed me that he knows exactly what he's doing. And then all of a sudden we turn around and then he makes the same mistake again. Okay. Did I explain it wrong? Because we have a check sheet to ensure that we know that we explained it right and they, they understood it. So now it's like a choice. And if somebody's choosing not to do it, then that might be somebody that you don't want to work with because the problems are probably just going to get bigger and bigger and they're not going to get better and better. Okay. So last one we're going to go over right now is not having a company organizational board. And you're probably thinking, why do I need a company organizational board? It's just me right now. Correct. Right. But I made the mistake on this of once we started having managers and like people in office and who responded to which managers, and then we had area managers, and then we have team leads and then we have operations and then we have blah, 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 CEOs and presidents soon and, and accountants and da, 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 da. It, it gets, it gets really complicated and employees start going to the wrong person. And then that person might 
help them out, but then doesn't notify anybody. So you don't know there's a problem where there should be a problem. So the proper flow of communication within your organization is very, very important. People need to know who they have to respond to, who's in charge of them and what the flow looks like. Nobody in my company can ask me a question unless it's these three people, sales, head of accounting and uh, operations. Everything has to funnel up to those people before it comes to me, or I would be inundated every single day with questions from everybody they're just skipping over their manager about. So it has to go up the correct food chain and an organizational chart will tell you where to go. So the second you have like one or two employees, just build one, it's simple. Your name, them, they come to you. You have a, an area manager, their, their names, error manager, you. Okay. And then you start having administration staff. Maybe the area manager goes to the administration staff or the office managers first before it comes to you. And you just keep building it out so that you're doing less and less work. So you can do more and more high valued work. That is what the point of it all is. Okay. Those are my seven tips for you guys. Thank you so much for coming. If you have any questions or if you would just simply like to, um, find out if you could even be a partner with us. We are headed into the USA and a lot more states within the next six months. We operate all across Canada. Please email contracts at onejan.com and our team will let you know if we have anything available for you to clean uh, in that area. Again, thank you so much. And I hope this information helped you. There'll be another video tomorrow.